George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Russ. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Welcome back to Daddy's Fantasy Basketball League Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Daig, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Gabe. Gabe, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? It's finally here after a game every single day. The playoffs for me, it's time for me to get off the bench <laughs> and start uh, putting my money where my mouth is a little bit. I'm so excited to get into the playoffs and uh, hopefully eventually take it home. But for now, we got some matchups to break down and uh, some NBA to talk about it. So, Yeah, man, the NBA never stops. I think uh, just this morning we had a Kawhi Leonard uh, song that's being dropped uh, soon. Uh, Did you hear about this? No, fill me in. I have no idea. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing. So I have, like, this is, we're recording this on a Tuesday night at 7.30. Um, so I have may no the, idea. May the fourth be with all of you. May the fourth be with all of you. <laughs> I have no idea if this is, like, true or if he was just, like, uh, trying to give speculative rumors or whatever. But apparently Kawhi was on Instagram Live uh, earlier today. And he was on there with a uh, young boy and Rod Wave, which I'm I don't know the rap game that much, but a couple big rappers I guess. And uh, <laughs> and anyway, he uh, came out and said he was gonna have a song with those two, and they were kind of like uh, displaying part of the song or whatever, like previewing, sneak peeking the song. So, so I don't know. So now is this is this a song like? Tyler Hero or Mo Bamba where it's like a song about an NBA player and they're just like there or like Kawhi is going in on a verse on a song because those are two totally different reactions. Hey, no, no, no. I hear you. I hear you. I really wish I had more details for you, um, but I really don't. It, it just like, it's so funny, man. I, I wish I could meet Kawhi in real life because I actually think that he would be hilarious <laughs> because he like so leans into the... Uh, the idea of him being like a robot meme oh yeah you know what i mean oh yeah <laughs> and so um i would love to meet him i, I bet he's actually a super funny guy no I, and i bet like in person off the court like away from basketball he's probably a lot different than the Kawhi that we've gotten so used to because the Kawhi that we've gotten used to just is all he cares about is making sure that his team wins the nba game that he's playing in at that moment and like he's making micro man like he's making micro tweaks in his own game talking to himself the entire time like it's just it's it's robotic that's why he has that nickname but i'm sure that that's not how he lives his life well and then it's like it's <laughs> it's like he goes up for dunks and he doesn't smile you know that whole yeah, meme no, I mean, yeah. but then and he like, got <laughs> i was gonna say even the game winner that he hit like <laughs> very mild emotion just yeah hoping that it rolled in off of a shooter's bounce and like i mean shooter's bounce that thing bounced off the rim 10 times (laughs) hey bro (laughs) sometimes sometimes the rim is friendly and 
<laughs> sometimes you know yeah the uh, jesus christ gives it a little uh, a little push in the right direction <laughs> that's funny um kind of in other news of nba uh we're just this week we're in awe i believe of uh just russell westbrook and what he continues to do on the floor um so i don't know if you saw the tweet but it was like pretty popular going around uh but he he had another game where he had 14 points 20 something assists and 20 something rebounds and uh this is only the second time that 2020 thing has been done by someone and this is his second game of having 20 points 20 rebounds uh if you remember the first game was the nipsey hustle uh, the only other player to have 20 assists and 20 rebounds in the same game uh, was Wilt Chamberlain back in the day. And if you're holding a record with Wilt Chamberlain, you're in good company because uh, I don't even believe like half of his stats, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how much I mean. of it's really real. But uh, now nah, Russell Westbrook has been uh, unbelievable. And I, even more so than that, he won his coach, uh, coach of the month this month. Uh, Scott Brooks and everybody he's knows. He saved his job. <laughs> I don't think you understand. Oh, I he understand. Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks should have been fired before Russell Westbrook healed from his quad injury that he was it, like hurt from in the beginning of the season when he was terrible. Yeah, like that. And I, I still don't think Scott Brooks is a particularly good coach, but oh, I no. do think that on the back of Russell Westbrook, he might have bought himself another year. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Probably a lot of it depends on this this last push that they have for the playoffs and what they do kind of in the play-in game and stuff like that. But yeah, that might be the most uh, incredible part of all of this is to get Scott Brooks oh, yeah. coach of the <laughs> coach of the month. It also did come out that um, he he did confirm that earlier this season he was playing on a torn quad. So I yeah, would assume I would assume that's a uh, partially torn quad, but regardless, man, like that is just that is ridiculous um, to even be like playing through that injury. But that just like being a Thunder fan, knowing that's who Russell Westbrook is, he can be a super aggravating and frustrating player. But you never question uh, his heart or like how he plays the game, and that's like going 100% all the time. So I do think there's a lot of people that probably need to. Uh, probably need to send some of those apology tweets or at least go back and delete some of those tweets that were made early in the year uh just calling him washed and saying how bad of a basketball player he was now because clearly he is still um a great great player yeah and i i remember ridiculing him a little bit on this podcast and in the in the text but i i knew that he was a great player but all i said was whoever taught him to shoot outside jump shots instead of explode to the rim like he's so capable of, like just needs to have never done that. But now I'm realizing maybe maybe he was injured. Maybe he actually lacked that explosiveness, so he was having to settle for jump shots. Because last night, I mean, let's face it, he had a 20-20 and 20 game, and he took eight shots. Like he knows when he needs to do what uh, – like when he needs to settle and when he needs to attack – when his body is able to do those things so um good good on him for uh for proving all those people wrong and honestly um for being able to adapt his mindset um throughout the season yeah and i don't know if you saw my uh my thing that i put in sleeper this morning uh but stat of the day per tim reynolds on his twitter he said uh 
Russell Westbrook has more triple doubles than Kobe Bryant had double doubles in his whole career. Um, So I know Kobe wasn't like a massive rebounder or assist guy, uh, but that's still rather incredible um, to have more triple doubles than him. Uh, Than him have double doubles, so... Yeah, for for everyone listening to this is like a dream come true for Cam, like just <laughs> being able to talk about Russell Westbrook in this manner after all that he'd been through. Like, it feels like it feels good for Russell Westbrook to be able to gloat and to be able to smile and be like, "Look, like I'm not washed." Yeah, I, I promise you, the second happiest person on the planet is Cam. Like, he loves this guy so much. <laughs> I I do love Russ. I I will say like. I'm happy he's no longer on the Thunder. I, I I understand that he gave us a lot from the Rockets, so I appreciate it. Uh, but I am happy to see that guy thriving at other places. So, Yeah, I respect it. Big fan, big fan. Now we're just waiting on Marvin Bagley. <laughs> Who is sitting in my uh, fantasy lineup tonight, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, bro, in the beginning that there's always a Russ stand and there's always a Bagley stand. Yeah, who would have thought it'd be the same guy? But um, let's kind of uh, anything on the Rockets, Gabe. We don't have to spend a ton of time. Uh, let me think. So a couple things. Um, they just played the Knicks, and it got me thinking. Um, I wonder. Like, I think that Julius Randle has to win uh, Most Improved Player this year. He's oh been yeah. Amazing for oh the Knicks. yeah. But I wonder, like, if ships had fallen a different way if christian wood could have given him a run for his money like i think christian wood will be like at least in the top three or four candidates in in voting but i don't think that it, it, it's going to be even close for uh julius randall it just got me thinking when i saw them both out there because they're both so much better than they were last year and uh even before that and then um another thing who do you think of the top draft prospects fits the best with the thunder just a name and maybe a couple of sentences of explanation for you um i would say the thunder are super unique because they have a lot of players that are so versatile namely shay who can kind of adapt um so i don't believe that there's like i i really don't think the thunder need to worry about fit at all like Uh i think you could have Cade cunningham and run like a jumbo lineup uh, I think you could have Evan Mobley as a great like pick and roll partner, Jalen uh-huh. Green as a like a high scoring punch. Uh, yeah, I would. Suggs is too pure of a point guard, and he might need a uh, a team with a a bit more of a need as a ball of a ball handler. No, I I would love Jalen Suggs. I I think the Thunder are just looking for like high IQ. Uh, dribble pass and shoot players and Jalen Suggs would definitely fit the bill on that um it'd be yeah. kind of cool to watch him and him and Shea play because I feel like they could play off each other really well yeah no I'm with you I think that would be cool what about for, uh for the Rockets Rockets, for the yeah. Rockets yeah I was gonna say um I'm torn because Kelly Olenek should not be anywhere near our rebuilding plans <laughs> he's literally the best player on the team like i don't understand but night in and night out kevin porter's out there christian wood's out there and kelly olenic just he fits so well he lets he lets christian wood he like relieves a lot of the rebounding stress relieves some of the spacing stress because him and him and christian can both space the floor decently well like 
he fits so well. So I'm, if we do lose him in the upcoming uh, like free agency period or, or we sign him to a, a limited term deal, I could see Evan Mobley actually being more valuable than um, like a Jalen Suggs because of uh, the development of Kevin Porter and uh, John Wall, who we're, who we're still uh, going to have. Yeah. But uh, obviously, Cade Cunningham is like the lottery ticket. Like he mm-hmm. is a great two-way player. He, I think, could he's add six seven our, or six yeah, six like as he, a point he, guard. He's like, yeah, he's like that perfect new era positionless really has a well-rounded basketball game player that you're really looking for so yeah yeah i I mean i just think like we're not as um we're not in the same position as the thunder in that like we would be like anybody could fit on our team i don't think but i do think that um mobley and cunningham are actually pretty unique and uh clean fits for a rebuilding rockets team so now we just have to pray to the uh, the ping pong ball odds on June twenty second or something like that. Yep, June twenty second. Yeah, Gabe, I was gonna ask. So, like, whenever you, you said you, maybe everybody doesn't fit your team, I guess yeah. I guess it kind of depends. Like, what's your what's your goal for the Rockets like going into next year? Like, would you like for y'all to get whatever pick and then be competing for a playoff spot? Or, like, obviously you want to be competing for championships, but realistically, like, what does that look like? Are you free agent hunting this offseason? Or, like, what's the goal, I guess? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. And I think that, um, like, there just needs to be a unified goal. If we are going to try to compete with a John Wall, Kevin Porter, Christian Wood, Add, add somebody in the draft and then go compete like we we do need to go free agent hunting because our bench and a lot of the rest of the team aren't going to be able to match up with a lot of the best talent in the west the way that the roster is you know and if we go a different direction then like i i just i, I feel like this season the biggest thing has been the fans, the coach, the players, and the management, like nobody knows what direction this this organization is going. Mm. And so it's just been a mess of like, like the Thunder, the coolest part of their thing has been every single person from fan to player to coach to management, they're all on the same page. They know this is a multi-year thing. They're all trying to like make sure that that is. But when we traded for Victor Oladipo, like we were still trying to make a push yeah. and like it, there, there was just never a unified, here's what our plan is. And so it just, it turns into players frantically running around, unsure of what the future is going to hold, chucking shots. Like it, it, like you can't build a team like that, you know? And so I think that that's where, like all I want is a sense of uniformity moving Direction. forward. Like, <laughs> Yeah, even if it's even if that direction is like the Knicks this year, and it's pushed for like a a playoffs a playoff uh, like berth for the first time in a couple of years, and lose in the first round, or push a team farther than you expect, but still don't make it past the 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 first or second round. You know, like even if that's the direction, at least let's push towards it together. You know, like yeah, because I think there's value even in what the Knicks are doing. At first, I didn't really see it, but 
like just seeing, I don't know, these players want to like the, the buy-in. Like, yeah, Derek Rose, Julius Randle, like Taj Gibson, like all fifteen of them. They call themselves like what do they call themselves? The the big, the big 15, fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just that sense of unity is so important. And I think that that, if anything can beat out talent for a championship, it's something like that, you know? And if we're not going to acquire the big name free agents, it has to be on the back of like a unified purpose. Yeah. And and I, I will say like, I love that the Dunder are in, in the direction that they are. And it's been like very clear. There's still a lot of fans that disagree with the direction um right. and are like upset about it i will say that um but it's also easier for the thunder to like make that decision yeah. they're not a free agent destination so it's like okay we can either trade for big names and hope that they stay or we can tank and get a better draft pick like that's really our only two ways of getting better so yes i love that they leaned into the idea of like hey we need to be really bad and get a top pick but it's like it really wasn't that hard of a decision (laughs) you know like we're not we're not going out to a free agent and saying hey you should come over to oklahoma city and sign here for the next five years or whatever you know so you know we had paul george resign and that was like the biggest thing for our franchise ever um and that was that was lucky and that was mainly because of russ so um I think it's easier for OKC, uh, not to say that Houston shouldn't have a direction, but like I think that they also have more options. So, yeah, that's true. As that's far true. as uh, as far as the Thunder go, um, nothing really big. We did get a bit of news a couple of hours ago. Like literally, the uh, coach, Coach Dagnall, was talking to the media before the game tonight, um, and they were asking about Shea and just how he's progressing, and he said. He is progressing. Look, he's got a significant tear. It's not something you should really mess around with. If we got aggressive with him, it could compromise him long-term, which makes no sense. And this really got, like, a lot of people riled up. And when I saw it, I was not happy um, because Shea's been struggling with plantar fasciitis, and so that's inflammation of your plantar fascia um, Mm -hmm. in your foot. And then he mentions that he has a significant tear. If he has a tear in his plantar fascia, that is a much different injury than plantar fasciitis uh, and a much more serious injury than they've been letting on. Um, So reports aren't officially clear uh, of whether or not, like, he just misspoke um, and there's not a tear, it's just really bad plantar fascia, or if this is, like, way worse than what the Thunder thought. Um, or not what the Thunder thought, but what fans thought, and so yeah. I'll be monitoring. Well, I, I, oh, I was gonna say I did see that notification from NBC Sports Edge. Yeah, uh, like a little while ago, that just said Shea out for the season, but I didn't even click on it because I was like, "Oh, he's out for the season." Right. I thought, he, I thought that was assumed, but and, yeah. apparently, this came from this press conference, is what you're saying. Yes, and so that's where the confusion is coming from. So there's a lot of people who are just like, "He just misspoke. He was just saying, hey, he's been recovering from this injury.'" He's going to be out the rest of the year. Um, or, like, is this way worse than we thought? So that's just, like, something to monitor for the next week. I would lean towards, like, he's progressing well. He's just out for the rest of the season um, yeah. sort of thing not, is what I'm hoping do. for. Other big thing with the Thunder is we are now tied for the fourth um, 
worst odds, or I guess, however you want to say that, uh, the fourth worst record in the NBA. <laughs> um, fourth best odds. Four, fourth best odds. Yeah. Uh, so we're tied with Orlando, uh, the Magic, who beat the Pistons last night, which was a pretty big game. We are one game away from Minnesota and the the third worst, um, or the third pick. And then we're two games away from Detroit. And I believe there's only like seven or eight games left. Uh, and in those seven or eight games, we play the Kings three times. So I'm actually <laughs> a little nervous about that. Um, we are playing them right now, and I will be watching that game as we go because it's currently tied in the middle of the second quarter. The Kings have been a hot mess lately. They're really bad. Um, yeah. But Bro, that, we'll uh, see. That Magic Pistons game was like <laughs> it was such a tank fest. Iggy Iggy Prestakis played like over thirty minutes, and the Magic still won. Bro, they benched their starters, I know. and they tried to like literally call Anthony Gary Harris. Like I know. they were playing the bottom of their bench, and they still won because the the Pistons didn't bench them. They uh, set them out before the game. So, yeah, I, I sent that injury report. It was two screens. <laughs> it was even worse. When I looked at the box score and the minutes, I was like, you're telling me the Magic just won with Iggy Brzezik <laughs> just putting in 33 minutes? What's you're funny, What's funny though, is the Pistons are only down by like five points at the end of the third quarter to the Hornets. So I will die laughing if they end up pulling that game off. Oh, that would be funny. So, um. But yeah, that's kind of Thunder update. Uh, and then I'm kind of on Mavs watch, so I won't like totally go into it right now. But like, because I live in Dallas and I have a 40 minute uh, commute home every day, I just listen to like the local sports radio, um, and it's been really like interesting to follow kind of what what their thoughts on the Ma- Mavericks are. Um, and it's weird, man. It's it's a weird vibe. Like nobody, nobody talks about uh, Luca being bad or anything like that. Everybody recognizes how talented and skilled he is. But there's definitely a tide turning, even amongst like Dallas fans, as far as like him getting technical fouls and complaining to refs and like at least the people that I listen to on the local radio station, um, they're sick of it, man. Like, they're so sick of him just complaining all the time. And I know Zach's uh, comeback for that is, well, everybody complains. And and he's not wrong. Like, there's a lot of complaining in the league. But, man, like, even Dallas fans themselves are like, bro, you got to get over it. Like, uh, he leads the league in technical fouls. Most of them are because of complaining to officials. Uh, he was ejected the other day from a game, which, right or wrong, um, he received a second, second technical foul from the same official, and it was because the official just doesn't like him. Um, and it's from all of his complaining. I think if he gets one more technical this season, he uh, actually has to miss a game. So he gets suspended for one game. Um, and Dallas is in <laughs> a pretty crucial point of their season where they can really fall anywhere from 5 to 7 in that um, play-in game, realistically. So... Losing Luca for a game would be kind of disastrous. So, yeah, It'll... we're uh, we're we're at that point in the season, uh, like that last two weeks, that I like to call uh, hypercritical fandom season. Yeah. It's that point in the season where LeBron's team 
team is struggling right before the playoffs and everyone's like, dang, he's getting first-round bounce. This team's not <laughs> the same. Blah, blah, blah. Luca is terrible. Like, all of your stars, your team is actually bad. Like, you, you're you doing some self-reflecting on your own team mm-hmm. and you're realizing that your team's not perfect. And the, the news that I'll give to you as a fan of your respective team is that this, no team is perfect. And as soon as the playoffs start... You get a clean slate this year it's not even a seven game slate it's a one game slate if you're six through ten so regardless of if you are the uh or it's seven through ten that's my beat but i don't know regardless of if you're the trailblazers or the pelicans like you're gonna end up in a situation where you have one game to really uh, prove yourself and your fans either right or wrong and i think i know what direction lebron and his team are going to go just based on history, but it's going to be interesting uh, for Luca and the Mavericks because um, this will be his second time in the playoffs that uh, that kind of novel, uh, the novelty of seeing him in the playoffs is probably going to wear off after this year, and it's going to be kind of crunch time to see if he can perform and if he can propel this team to the heights to, uh, of, of which... Uh, I think we we all expected at the beginning of the season, so uh, we'll have to see. But yeah, I, I don't pay too much mind to the technical fouls or anything like that. I think that it's interesting. Um, I don't know. It's a part of the game, and it's one of those things that like I wish wasn't a part of the game, but it is a part of the game. Like it's kind of like the unwritten rules in baseball. Like I wish that it didn't exist, but it exists. So I just try to spend as least time on it as possible because i just like the art of basketball or the art of baseball i don't actually care for the uh everything around it well gabe that'll wrap up kind of our nba around the horn talk unless you have something else uh but now we can get into the meat of the podcast we have two more big matchups this week uh this is our playoff semifinals um and so first matchup we had is you versus garrett which is the one and four seed um and the other matchup is me versus Bowie. so Bowie's the second seed i'm the third seed um and after day one i believe both of the matchups were five three or four three one so nothing too crazy happened in the first night um lots of basketball to go um which matchup would you like to start with uh we we can start with mine and garrett but before we get into it just real quick um the nfl draft was on thursday give me your favorite pick of the nfl draft and it it can be for fantasy or not just out of curiosity favorite pick from the nfl draft or just one that you thought was most significant pick it doesn't even have to be favorite Ooh. Or if that's too hard... Dang, you put me on the spot say, here. You can say, was Michael Parsons a good pick for the Cowboys? We don't have to go into that because that's just going to lead to a bunch of sleeper notifications. <laughs> you can just say no. <laughs> it was not. It was not. But um, okay. I, I guess I'll go with Justin Fields to the Bears. I'm excited to yeah. see that. That'll be a lot that of fun. Is, that's what I was thinking. Well, Yeah, what was uh, yours? Another favorite one. I, I just... It's so interesting to me how much power 
every QB in the NFL holds except for Aaron Rodgers, apparently, because they all just get to draft their friends. Patrick Mahomes got to drive, draft Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year. Mm-hmm. He just said that was my favorite running back. Uh, Trevor Lawrence got to draft ETN this year. Uh, we got uh, Hertz and, and uh, Devonta Smith. We got uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Oh, like, no. I just, it's so funny how all, every quarterback in the NFL – except for Aaron Rodgers, just has so much pull, even if it's, like, quote-unquote, the the wrong value pick or, like, not the positional need that your team needed at the time. Like, teams are willing to sacrifice to make quarterbacks happy because it's such a valuable position. But, yeah. anyways. And by the time... <laughs> well, by the time we do our uh, uh, NFL podcast, or fantasy podcast, uh, Aaron Rodgers might be on a new team. So that's kind of fun yeah. and exciting. Should Apparently be... Uh, what the yeah <laughs> you know the situation but... i know man oh it, yeah we'll we'll get into that on our other podcast <laughs> oh, for sure. i just like i've been a little bit distracted from the nba this uh this week in particular and i'm like yeah. i need to get in it's the, it's the playoffs but i had a bye week last week i know so i was like i was enjoying the nfl draft and then mlb the show came to xbox so i've been <laughs> putting some hours into that getting into baseball again i'm like we need to focus up two weeks until play. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's start with our first matchup here. We have you versus Garrett. Um, one yeah. four matchup, like I said before. Yeah, for sure. So uh, with Garrett's team, he won by four steals. Uh, Bobby forgetting to set his team on Monday mm. and being the higher seed. So I don't know how this team is one of the top four in the league, but it is. And that's a testament to Garrett um, as a fantasy manager because he he trusts the players that he drafted and he made the, the decisions necessary to get to this point this year. So I can't really uh, like say anything, even if his players like on paper don't look as strong, like he still has a great record and he's been able to win. And so, um, yeah, good for him. We'll see if he can keep it going. That's the part that I'm a little bit nervous about is that, like, for some reason, like, he, he rosters players like Kevin Herter, for example, who, like, has been good this year, but usually it's because everyone's hurt on that team, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Cant Reddish has been hurt for a long time. And, like, uh, John Collins and, and Clint Capella were in and out of the lineup, and he was taking some assist opportunities from – Gallinari and Bogdanovich when they were out and, and so, DeAndre like, Hunter's been out for most of the year yeah. so. so so like it, it's it's little things like that where I'm like okay eventually when everyone gets healthy like he's not going to be that good right but then no one is ever all healthy at the same time and then like just just random other players that like Seth Curry they traded for George Hill right and so you have to you have to imagine that means less minutes for Seth Curry but then when he starts to play in this matchup in the playoffs Seth Curry decides that he's going to be really good again and scored like 20 points last night with like four or five threes. And so like, even though, like I said, on paper, like his, his, his team looks a little bit less secure in their roles. Like they're putting up fantasy numbers to compete and uh, that's nothing to sneeze at. So um, other than that, he's pretty injury free except for Tyler hero who uh, is dealing with that foot. Um, but just breaking down the fantasy analysis, um, I think for field goal percentage, I should win this category pretty comfortably. Um, John Morant, Teo Maladon, and Paul George, they have struggled a bit. Um, Morant went two for 14 last night. 
Maladon went two for 14 on Saturday, and Paul George went five for 21 on Saturday as well. So if that keeps up, or even if, uh, like, Morant's already counts towards this week, so that's going to have to be um, something that's counteracted by, like, Jokic or something, if, if, if that's even possible to recover from. But, um, yeah, I think a field goal percentage I should win pretty easily. Free throw percentage um, with Ben Simmons on my roster and uh, his inability to make free throws. Plus, uh, I feel like I just – someone misses a free throw or two every night on my team. Like my free throw is always sub 80% and Garrett's got Jokic and Paul George who get to the line and shoot a good percentage. And so assuming that Clint Capella doesn't um, like shoot under the 50, 57% that he's shooting from this tribe this season, I think Garrett takes a free throw percentage. So that's one and one in the categories for threes. I do think Garrett uh, will probably win this category unless Steph Curry goes nuclear and his brother gets benched uh, for George Hill and or Shake Milton, like I was talking about. Um, but it doesn't look like that because he's been playing pretty well. Uh, Seth, that is. And Steph, obviously. But um, Seth, in this case, for Garrett's team. Speaking of that, um, did you see, like, the hero presentation on ESPN yesterday? I, so I didn't get to watch it. I kind of wish I would have because it kind of looked, looked cool. Uh, but I followed it on Twitter. <laughs> what, what was it like? Uh, it was interesting. Reyna, I, I tried to watch it a little bit with Reyna, and uh, she ended up just liking the normal basketball game better. And, uh, I mean, the game kind of got into a blowout, and we started watching uh, Shit's Creek after a little bit anyways. <laughs> but uh, at first, we were watching it, and it was just funny. Like, I liked that there was little animations and heroes and stuff. And, I don't know, it's, it's interesting because, on the one hand, I'm like, okay, maybe you can, like, welcome a... Uh, somebody who wouldn't normally watch this into into basketball or something yeah but then on the other hand it almost feels like disrespectful to the sport in a way and i'm like is mm. this like where we're headed like as a, as a sport where we're like mocking ourselves and this is a totally separate tangent but i i just feel like there's such a fine line in sports between like entertainment value and making a mockery of the sport in and of <laughs> itself like i saw a baseball league that instead of extra innings is doing like a five pitch home run derby. Um, and I just like as entertaining as that would be because watching people hit the ball really far is fun. Like, I just feel like there's something about that that feels wrong as someone who played that sport and like Jake Paul fighting Floyd Mayweather again, like entertaining, but like is that disrespectful to muhammad ali and all the champions that came before him you know and like watching like like how would michael jordan feel if he had to wear a cape on this animated like <laughs> like tv show of a, of a game you know like it just for some reason it like it feels a little bit off to me and i can't mm. put my finger on it but at the same time i'm like i don't want to be one of those grouchy old people who's like no, I'm anti-playing because yeah. everything has to be the way that it has always been because the way that it's always been is the best way. Yeah. No, ch- ch- like no change. You sound like one of those change. old heads, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You sound so, like Shaq right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's just hard, but uh, tangents aside, it was... Well, uh, I did want to ask, so on the broadcast, uh, I saw some highlights of like Steph shooting threes. And there was yeah. like animations with the three, so like it would go in and like it almost looked like fireworks or something went off on the screen. Yeah. Was uh-huh. was that happening live? 
So it was. Um, the trails were usually not live. So like if you saw like Zion's Airball Three, that one wasn't live. Okay. But like the uh, after they made a bucket, there was like an animation on the uh, like on the rim. They had a number of different ones. Like if he dunked it, there was like a Hulk smash and all this stuff. It was like it as was, he was like, dunking it. They were live. Yeah. I mean, probably as fast as someone can. Wow. Like push a button. Okay. <laughs> so. so- I don't know. I think it was in this podcast. It had to have been like one of the first episodes, but I was ta- I was telling you about this like the way you could watch uh the NBA League Pass had this like coach's view option or something oh, like yeah. that. Do you remember me mentioning this? Maybe it wasn't on the podcast. Maybe it was just us like playing on yeah. Xbox or something. But that was the idea. So it was like it was live animations and it wasn't a joking manner it wasn't like heroes or avengers or anything like that it was like it was showing you the plays that were being run so it was like showing you off-ball uh-huh. screens and it was showing you like um that it, would be really cool yeah i feel like it there, might get confused yeah, but... yeah yeah i'm sure you'd have to get used to it but it was like analytics based so like i yeah. even saw an example of where there would be like a percentage under the player of wow. the shot going in yeah. wherever they had the ball right Kind of like in 2K, whenever you have that ability where you can see people's like shooting percentages. Yeah, it, no, the future. Yeah. The it, future of analytics, like live analytics like that. Yeah. Is mind blowing well, to think about. And that's that's why it, I asked. That's why I asked about it because yeah. I was like, that's that sounds so much like what it was, what I was yeah. looking at. I I haven't seen it really become popular or even as like an option really, but um, right. I I'm, so it, I bet that's like coming. Oh, me too. And it feels like one of those ideas that, like, is we're barely scratching the surface right now, but give it 10 or 15 years. Exactly. We'll be, we'll be engulfed in it. Exactly. So that was definitely a, uh, a cool tangent. Do we want to go back to the matchup? <laughs> yeah. So uh, about rebounds, um, I should be pretty comfortable in rebounds, assuming uh, Pirtle and the Spurs. So now, now the Spurs want to persist with the three center rotation after I've rostered Pirtle for. <laughs> Um, I don't know, three months or so, pretty much since Aldridge left. Um, but now they've got Drew Eubanks and Gorgie Jang playing minutes, so that's kind of interesting because obviously that limits uh, Pirtle's upside, and he's a pretty good rebounds and blocks player and a high field goal percentage player. So I do hope that um, maybe this is just like a uh, game-to-game thing and it's not a common thing. But, uh, yeah, Eubanks was the backup center for a long time, and then – just uh because corgi jang has been playing better he's been getting more minutes so who knows rob william also got benched for tristan thompson but then played more minutes than him i don't really care who starts i just want rob williams to get more minutes and uh, i should win rebounds so that puts us at 2-2 so garrett's winning free throw percentage and threes according to me and i'm winning field goal percentage and rebounds assists is going to be a toss-up um god bless draymond green because he is draymond green to a like russell westbrook like if you make it to the finals i'm going to need like draymond green to go toe-to-toe almost with russell westbrook because counting stats wise draymond is a machine when it comes to assists and rebounds which is amazing for fantasy and honestly him and russ have been easily like top 15 most valuable players like pushing the end of this season uh, for fantasy um, I, th- and I think I back actually... to uh, I think back to when you had Draymond on the block 
and dude, on the trade block and you were like yeah this guy just doesn't really fit my team and i'm sitting here like dude if i would have traded for draymond and had him and 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 russ yeah exactly yeah so that would have been crazy that would have been yeah sometimes you look back and you're like dang i really dodged a bullet um trading or not trading that guy and then other times you're like well better luck next time so yeah exactly it's kind of like uh it's kind of like zach thinking uh or zach making the trade with rudy gobert i just have to bring that up every time so thanks again zach if you're listening uh steals and blocks garrett doesn't have a ton of like heavily defensive impact players and uh i think that i'll win those two categories pretty comfortably and then points will be a toss-up as well so we'll have to see i think it's going to depend largely on the performances of i lost my page um like Anthony Edwards, John Morant, Derrick Rose, those guys. Like, we know what we're getting from Jokic, Paul George, Capella, McCollum, but it's going to depend on that middle roster and can his pickups um, make up for lost ground? Because since he's the lower seed, he has to win five categories. Right. And if he were to win those categories, they would have to be like free throw percentage, mm. three pointers, points. And those are the three that he could win. But then he'd have to find a way to like win a fluky steals category and an assists category that's a toss-up as well. So like, it's gonna be tough. But if he somehow picks up a TJ McConnell who gets ten steals on one night, um, then things could get a little bit crazy. But as long as I win the two defensive categories and can lock down rebounds and field goal percentage, basically out big man him. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about at least getting a four four, if not a five three. Yeah, and just so just so we're looking at it now, you are already up by nine blocks, sixteen to seven over Garrett, and you're up by eight steals, uh seventeen to nine. So like you said, you never know with uh certain players just having these random games where they pop off for a bunch of uh defensive stats. Um, right. but and I think like Yesterday, Danilo Gallinari, like, I think Garrett picked him up and streamed him through, but he had, like, 28 with seven threes. Like, just random performances like that that I'm like, okay, where did that come from? This guy was just sitting on the waiver wire. I consciously made the decision to play Taj Gibson over this guy because I didn't think that he was going to play well. And then he comes out with this fantasy line, and I'm like, yeah, a couple more of those, and I'm definitely a little bit nervous. Yeah, I've been eyeing um, Danilo Gallinari, like, all year. Uh, yeah. Or kind of just like watching him because you know he was on the Thunder last year. Want to see how he does, and yeah. he's been so up and down, man. Like it's, I know he was injured for a little bit in there, or maybe like even struggled with health and safety protocols from COVID or something. But uh, it's his role has been super strange, and he's not, not a bad. starter, but like he kind of gets starter minutes sometimes. His no, shot's I'm been for, way off. I don't know. For, for being the fifth seed in the East. Like, that Hawks team, the structure of it is so confusing. The continuity of whose role is what is so confusing. Like, it's going to be honestly hard to defend them in the playoffs, I feel like, because nobody really knows. Like, what is their... Like, is it is it a John Collins and Clint Capella double, uh, like, front court? Is it, like... Like, is are, are the guys that they acquired in... in 
Bogdanovich and Gallinari and all these other guys, these shooters that they surrounded Trey Young with, like, are they part of the plan? Or are they going to play 10 <laughs> minutes a night like they have been some nights? Like, it's so confusing to watch that team. And that team had um, uh, Rajon Rondo up until the trade deadline, <laughs> just yeah. to add to the confusion. So Now they have Lou Williams, too. Yeah, exactly. Who, uh, I don't know. I bet. I mean, I guess he's probably happy that um, he's at least in the playoffs in the East instead of the West. But right. Who knows? Anything... Who knows? Um, Anything else you wanted to talk about on this matchup? No, nah, this is the uh, definitely the less interesting matchup of the week. The so, more interesting matchup is coming up. For sure. Give a give a percentage of confidence that you have and you don't have to be like humble about it. Just give me like a realistic percentage of your comfort comfortability of winning this matchup. Like ninety, eighty-five, yeah. ninety. I yeah, and and I do feel like the biggest factor in that, not the biggest, your team's just better, but a big factor in that is that the fact that you're the higher seed, you only have to win four, uh, four of the categories as opposed to Garrett having to win five. So that yeah. is a big that is a big factor. Uh, even if it was different, you, your team's just better than Garrett's in my opinion. Um, right, and it's it's structured. A little bit to beat um like teams that are, are structured like uh the way that garrett's is a little bit so um yeah that's that's kind of how i'm feeling um okay. i do think that uh what i was gonna say go let's go on to the next one and then it'll come back to me okay sounds good our uh, other matchup is me versus buoy um so similar to garrett i'm in the same situation of having the lower seed so if I'm going to pull off the upset here, I do have to win five categories as opposed to Bowie only winning four. Um, what are your thoughts on this matchup, Gabe? Yeah, so uh, like I said, this matchup is going to be a nail-biter, I believe. Um, I and, and like I was mentioning, for structure, uh, I believe that Garrett and I's teams are structured very differently. And so that leads us to split categories a lot more, 4-4 four, four, or 5-3. And we both... Um, are okay with giving up. Garrett was okay with giving up blocks and field goal percentage almost on a weekly basis. And since my team is good in those categories, uh, I, I, it's basically like it, it's like a, like a puzzle piece matchup where I'm not gonna seven one or eight zero him, but it does fit very well for uh, at least my matchup for Cam and Bowie's team. Almost every category that they focused on, like basically both y'all's teams built around points, threes, and assists. And both of y'all are very good at those three categories. And then the other ones you kind of just fill in with however you can pick up off the waiver wire or like um, trades or, or just long-term like uh, flyers off the waiver who like hit well, like not necessarily streamer type players, but more like long-term um players who you just found like Marcus Smart for you or uh, Wendell Carter for Bowie but with LeBron slated to miss both nights of the Lakers upcoming back-to-back huge uh, Malcolm Brogdon having missed yesterday's game and PJ Washington expected to miss tomorrow's game Bowie is definitely up against it injury wise and uh, I texted Zach and I thought it was funny just because LeBron is now able to choke in the fantasy playoffs <laughs> as well as in the uh, real playoffs so you hate to see that for all of you lebron uh haters out there i'm sure you would you'll, you'll be happy to hear that um 
I don't actually hate LeBron or think that he necessarily <laughs> chokes that much, but I did think that appealing to the crowd of uh, like people like Zach, um, I sent it in the message, and he definitely got a kick out of it. It seems. Yeah, no, that is uh, I saw I saw that news. I saw the news of LeBron missing at least the next two games, um, and dude, I was. I, I don't want LeBron to be injured. I want him to be healthy going in the playoffs. I think that's going to be fun for everybody if he is. But as far as a fantasy matchup, like, dude, just take this week off. Like, you can take the whole week off and I'll be good. Uh, I don't know if you oh, saw sure. – I don't know if you caught his comments, uh, like, after the game the other day or when he left the game early. They were morbid. This is – It's LeBron crazy. Been, like, on a, on a tear as far as commenting random things. He yeah. poured into – whoever invented the play-in tournament yeah. needs to be fired he said i'm never gonna be 100 percent again we got edgy lebron this year he is yeah he is definitely not holding back when it comes to interviews definitely did not sound like a guy who should be playing basketball this week so go yeah. ahead and go ahead and just take it off lebron just go ahead and take it off <laughs> that's funny um and i think it's funny too that this week is a lot of fantasy playoffs for basketball their championship week so like lebron doesn't necessarily have a fantasy play or like a, a nba playoffs choking but he does have like a finals choking pedigree and that like is hard to argue because of his record and everything and so i definitely feel like if i got into the uh, abscesses of fantasy basketball twitter we would see a lot of uh a lot of analogies being drawn between the fantasy playoffs and uh, there are the fantasy finals and the NBA finals for sure. We can at least say 2011. I will give you credit for that True. and everything True. else can be argued. True. Okay, but um, Cam's team is also not free of injury. We've got Darius Garland and Mike Connolly. Uh, so that that's definitely going to be felt by Cam's team as well. So getting into the uh, analysis now, categorically. Uh, we've got field goal percentage up first, and this one is a toss-up. And I think the best part about this is that it's a little thunder head-to-head -head between Darius Baisley and Lou Dort. Who can who can accidentally hit more shots, literally? Because <laughs> you have Baisley and, and Bowie has Dort, and you need him for the counting stats, and Bowie needs Dort for the steals and the other counting stats, but they're not really trying to win and they're just kind of getting to do whatever they want with the basketball. They're the two guys on the Thunder team who can pretty much demand the ball at any time. So it's going to be funny to see them both tank your field goal percentages and see who's comes out on top. But uh, yeah, field goal percentage is hard to call because y'all both have very like streaky shooters, Damian Lillard, Terry Rozier, and uh jason tatum and, and like there, there are people who are not it's, it's great just everybody yeah but um <laughs> yeah definitely definitely uh gonna be an interesting category to watch his field goal percentage because okay. it is uh it's gonna be fun i would give i would definitely give the edge to buoy uh really? yeah for sure like you, you are scarred by the last two weeks of your team you really think that your team is a 40 percent field goal percentage i think they've got a little bit gabe more gabe i am current <laughs> m currently after two nights i am i am shooting 0.403 percent so just yeah. i mean yeah. literally 0.3 percent over 40 percent and Bowie's at 47 percent so he has okay. he has a pretty yeah. significant edge already in the field goal percentage it's looking like, 
it's probably going to go to Bowie. And it does help that Damian Lillard, after I was slandering him, that he couldn't play with C.J. McCollum for some reason. Uh, the last two weeks, I think he's figured it out. So Portland is uh, weird. They're not figuring it out as a team, but at least Damian Lillard is shooting more efficiently. So that is uh, all I have to say about that. Free throw percentage. Um, I think Bowie wins it. I think this is a good consolation prize for LeBron not playing. LeBron being the 70% shooter that he is with uh, multiple attempts per game. This is... Uh, this is Bowie's kind of reward for LeBron not playing. And unfortunately for you, Russ is still playing. So he actually went 4-4 four four last night. He so did. Shout out to him. He did. Insane game last night. It was, it was amazing. But he doesn't usually shoot 4-4. Four four, so. Okay, so Gabe, I will say I do think that he would typically get the edge. I am currently shooting 95% after two days, which is absurd. My team has only missed one free throw combined. And uh, Bowie is shooting just under seventy percent. So Wait, who's missing on it? What do you mean? Yeah. So. Uh, well, how many more games do the Wizards have? It's it's like if it's at least two more. I, I'm still putting. Games I need my I card. need them to play games yeah. so they can have as many games as they want. <laughs> okay, that's fair then. So you would you, so you're giving field goal percentage to Bowie. And then you're taking free throw percentage. Which I, is, I just think both of those yeah. are toss up. So maybe, that's fair. maybe that's split. Fair. If I can split, I'm happy with that actually. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So in threes, um, I'm giving the edge to you. And assuming that Terry Rozier can get his efficiency back to where it has been for most of the season, he's been amazing this season. And I don't think a lot of people expected him to be the level of shooter that he's been. And he's had some. Uh, some rough stretches the last couple of weeks, but um, honestly, he's been like really good all season. So I expect him to uh, like return to that form, um, even with the re-addition of Lamelo Ball into the lineup and the loss of Miles Bridges for um, for a period of time. So I do think, I mean, there's there's lots of uh, players that are going to impact Rees category, but I. Uh, Terry Rozier was just one that stood out to me on your team. Well, uh, losing losing Darius Garland really hurts. He was a massive three contributor, especially the last like couple weeks for me. Um, so I don't know, I don't know the timeline on Darius Garland's injury, um, but he's listed as out currently. So I'm hoping to get him back at least towards the end of the week and get uh, a yeah. one or two games off of him would be nice. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And, uh, I mean, Bowie's got guys like Kyrie and Dane Lillard who you kind of have to worry about. Um, oh, yeah. Sometimes just getting super, super on fire. And so this could flip, but on the surface, I do think that uh, you take this. And PJ Washington is also a, a significant contributor who's not going to play for personal reasons on Wednesday. So uh, that could be something that hurts him. But when I say, like, in, in my matchup, when I was saying, like, I'm winning this, like, it was pretty comfortable. None of these are comfortable wins. Yeah. Like, when I put an A to this, like, y'all's teams are structured so similarly. Like, this could be the difference of, like, if I had to say a number right now, I bet that there's less than 10 difference between threes. And, like, I'm saying that that's a comfortable win for you. So, like, that's not a comfortable, like, that's one or two or three like two games 
of uh, 15 points from one of your players. You know, like it's it could it could go south really quickly. Um, but anyways, for rebounds, uh, Russ more than doubled every player on Bowie's roster's rebounds last night. So all the big men, um, Russ, Russ's his counting stats have been an insane blessing for your team, Cam. Oh, I know. I pray to Russ every night. So, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, there's been some like the Kings are kind of a mess right now, and Rashawn Holmes has been getting into foul trouble, and so it's been making his minutes go down, and thus his rebounds go down. Michael Porter Jr. had a weirdly uh, he started kind of slow, but then he ended with a decent rebounding night. But it was just like. I don't know. A lot of his big contributors um, to rebounds are nowhere near as impactful as Russ, and so if he's if Russ just continues to put up these numbers, um, it's going to be pretty hard to beat you in this category. Because even as I was comparing my team, who I think is pretty strong at rebounds, to yours last week, like just in my uh, in my bye week matchup, like you were you were by far the best rebounding team, and I don't even think you structured your team that way on purpose. So it uh. Definitely interesting for a potential championship matchup. We got to get through this week uh, first, Gabe. We do, we do, and it's it's going to be a toss up, and you're the lower seed, so I know. you've got your hands full for sure. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be kind of sad if it's a four four. I can't lie, but I will enjoy beating Bowie. <laughs> um, <laughs> assists are going to be a a toss up. This one's too close to call for me, um, and I think the biggest indicator of the toss up is Russ had 24 assists and you only finished the night up by one assist last night. And now I'm sure that it's different, but y'all finished 30 to 29 last night. We're, so, we're within two right now. He's up so by two. Like, so yeah. Yeah. That was on a career high assist night from Russ. Mm-hmm. So even including that, I just, it's going to be so, so stinking close. And I, like if LeBron was playing, I think I could give it to Bowie. But since he's not, I think it brings it back down into, like, toss-up marginal category. Yep, I agree. Um, Steals and blocks are confusing because I said that blocks were going to be embarrassing for y'all's teams last week, and then it was not that embarrassing. Like, y'all put up pretty good numbers, and uh, I feel like none of y'all's, besides, like, I don't know, like Marcus Smart, or something like Marcus Smart, and then you'll have your one big man. Who is it? Isaiah Stewart. Put some respect on Isaiah Stewart name. <laughs> this dude, he is balling. Yeah, he is. He He's is. actually playing terrible tonight, but we'll ignore but that. They, don't, they, they like to give Mason Plumley the uh, the minutes. You know, it's a big part of rebuilding. <laughs> but uh, like, aside from a, like a handful of players, Drew Holiday and, and Rashawn Holmes and Isaiah Stewart and. Um, like Marcus Smart, like y'all don't have really like defensive specialists. And so what I thought that meant last week was, okay, y'all are going to be terrible in these categories, but really all it means is these categories are really hard to predict. So um, I'm going to make those both toss-ups in my book. Um, I think that you probably have the advantage in steals and Bowie probably has it in blocks just because he has actual big men other than Isaiah Stewart. Uh, Like he has like, Wendell Carter and Rashawn Holmes and like players who uh, uh, like just multiple centers who are on the court. Yeah. Um, but if y'all split that one one, then it's it's still looking to be four four. 
And I'm going to give points to you just because I, uh, <sighs> I think that your team is like the reason that you have the top three players on your team. Um, besides, I guess maybe top two, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, and uh, Russ is in there. But Jason Tatum and Devin Booker are like scoring first players, mm-hmm. and they could give you they could give you fifty on any night. And I think they both have scored fifty this season. And so, um, if you can just get like one of those explosion nights from those guys, I think it's more likely than um, something like that from anyone on Bowie's roster. Not to say that like Kyrie can't do it, but I just think that if I had to bet on somebody, it would be Jason Tatum or or Devin Booker. Um, I, th- I think I'd give a nod to uh, probably Dame as well. He's definitely capable and in that same category as those two. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just did Portland. Who did they lose to last night? That I was like, what is going on with this team? Uh, they played Atlanta what? last night. Did they lose? I think so. They played Boston or... the night before, so but they beat Boston. So yeah, it had to be Atlanta. Yeah, Yusuf Nurkic played bad last night. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check. I'm forgetting when I looked at this box score. Yeah, they lost to the Hawks, one twenty three, one fourteen. Um. Yeah, the the Blazers, man. Who knows? It'll be it'll be fun to watch these these teams in the play in, and uh, I don't know. Dame always turns it on for the playoffs, but man, this this fantasy matchup is going to be a doozy. And are you going with the same strategy of saving up? Um, no, 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 no. Or are you going to try to stream through and just get best player available or yeah. someone that you can keep your eye? I think it'll be important to just focus on the toss-up categories. Yeah, I'm. Blocks is, I guess. Early in the early far. in the week, I'm just trying to stream, probably best player available, um, just because I know yeah. every like all these categories matter. Uh, and yeah. then when we hit like Thursday, Friday, that's probably when I'll start shifting my focus to like, okay, let's let's look at the specific five categories that I need to win, and yeah. really like hardcore focus on those. Um, one big factor in our matchup, I, I'd be interested to see, I didn't go through and like do the math, but it, it does look like Bowie has a significant, uh, games advantage. Sign- yeah, pretty significant games advantage. Like just when I was going through every, uh, all the days, um, there's only like one day that he has less than seven or eight people playing. Um, are you looking at y'all's, uh, I did the math. You have 43 total okay. games, mm-hmm. and he has 45 total games. Oh, really? Okay, okay. So it, it, for some reason, it does, like, his schedule, like, looks more full, but... I, maybe he, maybe all his players were, like, towards the top, and so like, that's what I saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, like, y'all have a very similar... This is based on the roster that y'all have right now, Okay, but I did, like some math and so like like tatum has three games left russ has three games left he has a yes. back-to-back wednesday thursday thank goodness so that that's going to be spicy for if he's going to play on that back-to-back uh oh. booker has four games left including tonight like you have some backloaded um all right that makes me feel better schedule that like, that I'm actually does make your, me feel better. Your, your top guys, yeah. Devin Booker having four games is big. Um, Isaiah Stewart has four games. They Pistons have a five game week this week. 
And I have so, two Pistons players, which they sucked yeah. at shooting tonight, but that's what you get when you're yeah, with the Pistons. have, like, the Pistons players that are probably going to – if if any two are going to play all five games or close to it, it's going to be those two. Yeah. Because everyone else is getting set. But, like, Bowie uh, – Kyrie has tonight's game, and then he only has two, two more games mm. Wednesday through Sunday. Um, Dame has a back-to-back – on that Friday, Saturday, and then Michael Porter Jr. It, Michael Porter Jr. is actually going to be pretty pivotal because he has three games um, in the last four days of the matchup. And so if he Jeez. can step up, yeah. That's going to be such a good matchup, man. Such a good yeah. matchup. Yeah, and he uh, and he just picked up Chetty Osman probably for his schedule because Chetty Osman has four games too. So, yeah. yeah. It, and he's been playing well. Like for everything that you're lacking in games played, you're making up for in counting stats, and it's going to be a good matchup regardless. It's going to come down to the to the wire, and uh, I'm curious to see who is crowned victorious on Sunday. So it'll be fun, man. Who's your pick? If you had to pick right now, who's your pick? Oh, oh man, um, it's going to be so close. Like if I was betting on it. Like, the chances of it being four four are so high to me. I know. But I think I bet on Bowie, and he advances by. You'd have to. I agree. By, by, by upper seed. But how cool would it be if two hosts of the podcast got to be the championship? I'm big down, maybe. I'm big down. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be so fun. But yeah, I'm with you. If I had to bet on it, like life savings or something, uh, I'd yeah, go with exactly. Bowie. Just and it all comes down to that four four thing, man. It really does. Exactly. But honestly, it, when fantasy basketball, at least it's not turnovers, because then it would be. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Uh-huh. You you would definitely not bet on me. I have Russ. <laughs> so, that's funny. True. But yeah, I think it'll be a fun matchup to keep up with. Uh, I'm excited to keep watching some basketball. The games have been. For all the talk of the play-in, the games in the last part of this season have been really fun to watch. They really have. I think the best players are having to play at a higher level. And so um, maybe as hard as that is on their bodies, um, like because a lot of these players used to like to take like a week or two or not not really that much time but like you know they would they would take some time off before the playoffs to rest up mm-hmm. so how that's going to affect the actual playoffs themselves but at least for like fan engagement and uh, a wednesday night basketball game between like an 11 seed and a nine seed that didn't used to matter like now has huge implications and uh i do enjoy watching that so for sure, and uh, we can get into it more, I'm sure, when all of us are here who who disagree. But uh, is heavily opinionated, and so we can wait for the uh, the championship <laughs> pod for that one. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Uh, anything else you wanted to add here, Gabe? Nah, man, I uh, I appreciate everyone who has listened throughout the uh, the whole season, and I'm looking forward to uh, putting out one last banger I know. before we go out next week i know man it's gonna be fun gabe as always thanks for your hard-hitting analysis thank you guys for listening to the pod and we will see you next time take care